Bokatov, today's daf is daf Kuf Chaf Aleph, second to the last page, the last page but one in Yavamis. We learned for Fushlem Yosemite. Yesterday we got down about halfway down the page on Daf Kuf Chaf Aleph. Tanya, what is the discussion? We're talking about the fact that the rabbis were very lenient when it comes to reporting the death of a, a man so that his wife could get remarried. And um, there was no, it was hard to get witnesses in those days. When they do give witnesses, we said, if witnesses do, if you're, if you're doing it based on testimony of witnesses or witness, uh, you, should have to, you should have to see the face, the entire face. Otherwise, um, uh, you could make, there could be a mistaken identity. And, <clears throat> and you can't assume that he's dead, even if he's injured, unless he's extremely injured. Like for example, an animal is eating his heart or he's eating up his uh, lungs. Uh, vital organs, then you know that the man is dead. Also, you can only report within three days, said the Mishnah, because um, within three days of death, because otherwise the, the body begins to decay, decompose, and looks differently than it was than it was when he was alive. The Mishnah also said that um, if he drowns, um, if it's Mayim Sheishla himself, like a lake or a pool of water where you could see all the outs, all the perimeter, and he doesn't come up, then you know he's dead. However, if that was the mission set according to Yossi, but Mayer said even Maim Shieshla himself, like a lake or a river uh, or a, um, a, a let's say a pond or a pool where you could see all the sides, even there we don't let his wife get remarried because we're afraid that maybe he got rescued somehow. But Yossi says no, that's only Maim Shieshla himself. Meaning, where do we where do we say that his wife should not get married? Only water where you can't see the end. So it's possible that he swam away or the current took him away somewhere and he washed up ashore alive somewhere else where you can't see beyond the horizon or beyond the bend in the river where you can't see it. Only there do we say that it's also. But if, it, if the man drowned in a pool and he didn't come up, you know, the guy fell in the water or lake, there was, you see all the, all the banks and all the sides and he doesn't come up after an hour, there's no way that he could be alive. And then you could report that his wife is dead, and that, he, that he's dead so that his wife can get remarried. Tanya Amarebi, right smack in the middle of the page, right even where it says Gemara and Rashi. Tanya Amarebi, Maisa B'Shnei is a story with two men, Machmar and two fishermen. Machmar and Biyad, and they were, uh, they were casting uh, nets in the uh, Jordan River. One of them entered a fish pond on the banks of the, sh- uh, of the shore of the river, it was, the river was quite big at that point. Um, they, there was a fish pond uh, where fish get caught in there. And he entered into that pond. It was like a sort of a cave. And he went in there. The Panrashik says that's partially above the, uh, the wet, regular water level, partially below. And a person could go in there and stick his head above. But he entered that cave, that, that uh, fish pond. The Shakachama, the sun set the lower pistol. He didn't know, he couldn't find his way out. It got dark. And he got lost in there. It was a big fish pond and he couldn't find his way out. The Shah his friend waited for him. They should have enough time for him to be able to, uh, to, to expire if he couldn't, you know, if he was underwater. His friend assumed that he was underwater and he didn't come out. And he went and he told the family that the man died. He drowned. But the truth was that he wasn't, he hadn't drowned. He was in this fish pond with his head above the water but he couldn't find his way out. It was dark, he couldn't find his way out. It was all like they couldn't find the, the, the door or the opening of the fish pond that would lead him back into the river or, or, or up the shore. So the next day, the sun came up, the man 
who was trapped in the fish pond. It, you know, at first light, he was able to see his way out. He, he saw the opening. He came out, Obama came home. He found the great eulogy in his house and the family was already sitting Shiva and he came home. Great joy for them. Amarebi, Kamagdolim Derechachamim. They were probably fighting out Yerush already. But anyway, he says, the Rebbe said, Look how great are the words of the Chum Sha'amru, Mayim Sheesh Lam Sof, Ishtamateras. If it's water that has an end meaning, you could see all the perimeter then. His, his wife, his mother, get married because he obviously didn't come up. Shame himself, Ishto Asura. But if it has no end, his wife is, is, is Asura. In this case, they couldn't see the end. You get a fish pond even in a place, even in a great lake uh, where you could see the Mayim Sheesh himself, and as it has an end, but it could still be a fish pond that he could have been lost in. It's not likely to have, uh, to have a fish pond like that in a, in a pool or a lake in which you could see all the sides. It's not unlikely. It's more likely in a larger area. All right, so that was the, the point is that this was Mayim She'en Lam Sof that didn't have an end. And therefore, his wife should not have been allowed to remarry, or in this case, she didn't remarry. He came up the next day. She wasn't remarried yet, presumably, just that they were sitting Shiva and he was still alive because he was able to get out. The rabbi said, if you can't see the ends of the, all the banks of the river or all the sides of the pool, then you have to assume maybe he's still alive and his wife is not allowed to remarry. However, if it's a pool that you could see, and even if he doesn't come out, obviously if you find a body, you find the body, but if he's not, he doesn't come up out of there, you assume that he's dead. This is what we say that water that has no end, unlimited water like, a, like the ocean, uh, that has only his wife is also to get remarried. That's a normal person. Then you can assume that he said, why be Solik? If he would have gotten out of the river someplace else, out of the uh, ocean, if he got onto dry land, people would have heard about it. Did you hear? Rabbi Fishman was saved. Everybody would know about it. And since you didn't hear that, he must be dead. That's not the case. It doesn't make a difference if you're talking about a commoner. It doesn't mean if it's a rabbi. This he should she should not get remarried if he drowned in in let's call it the open seas. If he drowned in the open seas, he shouldn't get married married because maybe he came up ashore. Even though he's a rabbi, maybe the word didn't reach you. However, notice he says over here, if she did get remarried on based on that, we let her stay with her new husband. Even though we say that that you know she shouldn't get remarried if he died in the open seas because maybe he washed ashore someplace. Maybe he was okay. However, so we say she shouldn't get married, but if she got married, we don't kick her out of the marriage because the odds are that he is dead. Tanya, I was once uh, on the ocean. I was on a boat. I saw a shipwreck. And I was very upset because I knew on that boat, uh, that boat had a great Tamil Chacham, Shabbat, Umana Rabakiva. Rabakiva was on that boat. I saw a shipwreck and I said, oh my gosh. Rabbi Kiva must have uh, drowned. When I reached dry land, Rabbi Kiva himself came and he, he talked in Torah, deliberated in halachas in front of me. Uh, I said to him, my son, Umuil was the older one, Bani, who brought you out of the ocean? I saw your boat went down, your ship went down. Who got you out? Amalei, he told me, one of the planks of the boat 
came came to me, so to speak. I, I came across one of the planks of the boat that was that was uh, presumably that was uh, broken up. It was that was wrecked, and I held on to it. The whole galvagal shabalai, and every time a wave came to me, I lowered my head to let the wave go above me, um, and uh, that, and eventually I reached shore. Come against you, people, people uh, fight against you. Lower your head. In other words, don't say anything, let it go. Russia comes against you, lower your head, let it go. Better to keep your mouth shut. What does it say that um, um, Sanhedrin, uh, uh, forget the Gemara, but it says that, that, um, um, that, that you know, a hundred evils will befall a person. But the better thing is just to keep your mouth shut and look the other way, right? That it, then uh, you know, it, it's better better not to answer. So he said, if a Russia comes against you, lower your head and let it go. So here he says also, I lowered my head. The wave went against me. The wave was coming to drown me. I lowered my head and eventually I reached shore. At that time I said, what did the Chamacham said that if it's water that you could see the ends, then she can get remarried because he must be dead. Maim Shemlam Sof, like here in the open seas, Maim Shemlam Sof, she can't, she's not allowed to get remarried. And here is case. I thought Rabbi Kiva was dead, that he had drowned. It turns out that he wasn't. Tanya Rabbi Kiva. Now Rabbi Kiva himself said, I guess he wasn't afraid to go on the boats, even though he had experienced a shipwreck, unless this took place before. So he says, once I was on a boat, for I saw another boat, that was uh, foundering in the sea. It, it was, you know, it was, it was at, at risk. It was uh, shaking back and forth. Looked like it was going to go down. When I was upset about it, because I knew there was a Tamchachim on that boat, a mayor. It was a mayor. And I assumed that that boat also, uh, the boat went down and the mayor was dead. When I reached that, uh, that uh, state of Kaputkia, it's a place in Asia. Ba, he came, or may himself can be Yashav, and he said, and also he was deliberating Allah before me. My son, who got you out of the water? I saw your ship was about to go down. Who got you out of the water? A wave threw me onto another wave, and that wave onto another wave, until it cast me ashore on the uh, on dry land. Like surfing. <laughs> like surfing, yeah. He wasn't doing it intentionally, though. Amarti, Amarti, at that point, I said, how great are the words of the rabbis, Sha'amru, that they said, again, water that you could see the end like a pool of water. His wife is mutter to get remarried if he went down there because he didn't come out. There's no other way out, no way for him to come out. You have to look at it practically. If he went down in a pool or in a lake, even though, uh, even though he didn't come out, I mean, because he didn't come out and you don't see the body, but there's no other way from, you would have seen him come out ashore because he saw all sides. Ma'am she'em himself on the open seas, ishtu asura, like in this case. So both we see Rabbi Kiva tells a story with the mayor who survived the shipwreck and Rabbi Leel tells a story about Rabbi Kiva who survived the shipwreck and you couldn't, you shouldn't assume that they're dead. Tanarabonam, let's say a man fell into a lion's den. Ain't made in love, you can't testify that he's dead because it's possible, right? Uh, it's possible that he survived. Maybe the lions weren't hungry. He stood aside, he didn't bother them. Let's say that he fell into a pit full of snakes and scorpions. You can rest assured that he's dead. He couldn't have survived. He says, You can't testify that he's dead, even if he fell into a pit 
full of lions and scorpions. Why? Because we attribute that, that, that we, we apprehend that possibly Shema Chavru, maybe he's like a charmer who knows how to deal with the snakes, you know, he knows how to uh, do something there with a stick or something or some charm, and he's able to keep them away. But Tanakama, Tanakama says, no, Agavitsa Maskele, because of the pressure that he fells on them when he fell into a pit full of scorpions and snakes, they would rise up against him, even if he had a charm, but he, because there's no room there, in a big lion's den, he kind of could have stood on the side. But um, over here, because he, because of the pressure that he fell on them, uh, they're going to, they're going to kill him. So in a lion, in a lion's den, you can't say that he's dead, but in a, uh, in a pit full of scorpions and snakes, you can assume that he's dead. That was, of course, the, the nace with Yosef, right? It says, my, a bar, a bar by mine, there was no water, but there were snakes and scorpions and still God saved him. So Yosef knew that he was destined for greatness and that God was going to be at his side because that was a, a nace. Let's say he fell into a, fi- a furnace, fire. Mean love, you can testify that he's dead. There's no way that he could survive the fire. Let's say he fell into a large uh, boiling kettle or a boiling urn, a gigantic urn full of wine or oil. Also be in the love. You can also testify that he said there's no way to survive that he would have burned burned up. Ravacha said, no, it depends. Shall Shemin be eaten alive? If he fell into an oil tank, you know, that was that was that was a uh, very hot, boiling hot, then you could testify that he's dead. Why When he fell in and some of the oil splashed out onto the fire below, the oil adding onto the fire would have just increased the fire. So he's definitely dead. So but not for wine. Right, because when he when he fell into a pit full of boiling wine, when the wine uh, splashed over onto the fire, it would have extinguished the fire. It's like more like water. It would have extinguished the fire. So maybe the fire then would have uh, would have abated and 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 gotten cooled off, and he could have survived. Amulos, they said to Ravacha, no. Sure, it extinguishes it a little bit, but then it, it increases it more. In other words. I guess the water element in the wine, uh, uh, part of it extinguishes the fire, but then afterwards it increases it more. So therefore you could assume whether he fell into a pit of scorpions or he fell into a furnace or he fell into a big, large vat, a boiling vat of wine or oil, he's definitely dead. I'm Rameyer. So Rameyer tells the story in the Mishnah. He said, Rameyer said, there is no difference whether he fell into a man she'eshel himself, man himself, you cannot assume that he's dead. So Rameir tells a story. There was a fellow who fell into a bore, a big, a big, a large pit, and he came up after three days, even though it was Mayim Shiesla himself. You could see the pit. There's no other way around. If he came out of the pit, you would have seen him. He came up after three days. So that's what he said. That's what he said. Yossi didn't agree. He says, no, if he fell into a pit that you could see all the sides, you assume he's dead. So Tanya Omar, they, they answered the mayor when he told that story, that was, a, that was a miracle. Normally a person cannot fall into a pit and come up after three days. He would have been dead by then. So don't tell us a story from a nace. That was a nace, a nace happened. We don't rely on nice. I and mean, we assume that he's dead. The Morris says, my, my saying, why is that a nace? That he came in, he fell into a pit and he only came out for three, why is that a nace? Is it because he didn't eat and drink for three days? He fell into an empty pit and there was no, he didn't eat for three days. It's possible to live without eating for three days. People go on hunger, hunger strikes, right? But Sivit says, what did Esther say to the Jewish people? That sumu alai, baal tochlu, baal tishtu, shloshis yomim. 
don't eat for three days. They, they, could, they could survive that. So what's the miracle? Came up after three days that he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't, he didn't um, uh, eat or he didn't eat or sleep. Now he, he didn't eat or, or drink. It's possible not to eat or drink for three days. Ella at the low nine, he didn't sleep. In other words, the pit wasn't an empty pit. He fell, he fell into a Bora Gadol. He fell into a large uh, pit and the pit had water, right? The pit had water here. We're talking about a pit that was full of water. Um, yeah, Rashi doesn't tell us in, in the mission, but obviously it had water over here and the concern was they would have drowned because the only way he wouldn't have drowned is if he stayed awake, but how can he stay awake for three days? It's impossible to stay awake for three days. Uh, that was the miracle. Elder Lonaim, he didn't sleep. Some Rabbi Yochan person, Rabbi Yochan said, we had this in Gemara and Shavuos. In the Dharm, Shavuos, Shalish, and Shalish, a man swears, I'm not going to sleep for three days. I swear I'm not going to sleep for three days. So is that a Shavuos? The Gemara says, no, Malkin also. You give him Malkus right away for what's called a Shavuos shove. It's a lie. It's like swearing that this is made, that this wood is made out of stone when it's not. I swear I'm not going to sleep for three days. It's impossible. It's impossible for a man to stay awake. Possible not to eat for three days and survive. But it's impossible not to doze off for se- uh, for seventy two hours. So shalosh malkinos. So you give malkinos be let him go to sleep right away. Meaning the the the, the shvua is not valid. He can go to sleep right away because you give him malkinos anyway. It's shvua shav. So that was the miracle. The miracle was that he he couldn't sleep. If he fell asleep, he would have drowned. So it must be the miracle was that he didn't sleep for seventy two hours. Rameir, what about Rameir? Why did Rameir bring a story from that indicating that it's not a nace? This is my time. What's his reasoning if it's a miracle? I'm Rav Kana, keep it up, keep it up. He says very simple. It was, a, it was a pit full of water, but there were arches in there that he stood on. So he was able to stand and keep his head above the water. Vrabanan, the Shaishahava, no, those were made out of marble and he couldn't, uh, wouldn't have been able to sit on them. He would have slipped off and fallen to the water. And if he did, if he if he fell asleep, he would have drowned. So it was a miracle. It's possible that he could have clutched onto the these um, marble arches there, the uh, porta, and slept a little bit. In other words, he could have held on to the port things and slept a little bit with his head above water. So therefore, it wasn't a miracle. That was the machlokas here. Rabbi Yossi says, no, that was a miracle. Don't tell me stories from a miracle. A person can't survive. In Maim Sheish Lem Sof, if you see that he didn't come out, he must be dead. Nechunya was a great Sadiq who used to dig wells, ditches and wet wells for the Olergam, for the pilgrims who came up there to Shalayim for the Shalash Regalim. There wasn't enough water for them to drink. How do they survive on their way up in Eretz Israel? So he would dig wells for them as a great Chesed. Um, uh, he had a gemach for digging wells and d- dug wells. The story with his daughter, she fell into a big pit of water. They told, this is and he was the father of this girl. And they come and they told Chanina Bendosa, who was a great tzaddik and a miracle worker, and they said, listen, this daughter of Nechunya fell into the pit. So Shah Rishon, the first hour, that he, they told him about it, that they told him about her, Amalem Shalom, she's okay. Shniya, Amalem Shalom, the second hour, she said, don't worry, she's still okay. Shlich is the third hour, Amalem, also she came out of the bar already. I could rest assured she came out. And that's what happened. When she came out, it came, she came before Pnina and he said, said, who, who got you out of the pit? Who got you out of the pit of water? 
There was a male sheep, like a ram, who came. There was an old man leading him, like Avram Avinu. They said to him, Navi, so you were right. You know, somebody took, somebody came and took her out of the bore. They said to Navi, are you a prophet that you were able to say by the third hour you knew she she had escaped? Uh, I am not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet. Ella, something that her father, that her father was occupied with, saving, helping people with water. Would it be possible? In other words, this person, her father, was the one who supplied water to all the Jewish people. He was such a great tzaddik. He supplied his daughter's going to die in, in water, is going to drown. So I knew that she was saved. That's how I knew. And even though he said that, his own son died of thirst. His own son, this Nechunya, this and even though his daughter was saved from, she wasn't drowned in the water, but still the son died from a lack of water, even though his father supplied water. It says, it's very stormy around God. What does that mean? Sa'ara means that there was a big storm, but the darshan that Hashem is medakte, uh, he is uh, exacting with those around him like a hairbreadth. In other words, like Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, hit the rock instead of talking to the rock. It's such a big deal. Yes, as Hashem said, speak to the rock and he hit the rock. We just had that. So the same way here, Hashem is very medactic. Even the slightest sin that a person did Hashem is medakdik with him. Tanya Amar Bahacha, Rav Kenny learns it from a different pasuk. It says, "Kel Narots Besok Kedoshim Rava." A dreaded God uh, in the great in the uh, great council of the holy ones, the Noral Kosvav, and he is feared by all those around him. In other words, God is dreaded by those who are very holy because he's very exacting with them. So again, we're talking here about that that you can, uh, even though normally you need two Adam to be matur a woman, to get remarried, anything that involves erva or marriage or divorce. But because of Iguna, the rabbis were makel and the rabbis were lenient. And they said that a woman could testify about her husband herself. She's not her sister-in-law, not her co-wife, not her mother-in-law, but a woman herself who knows that her husband's dead can say that he's dead, so that she can't remarry or that she can make yibum, right? Uh, to makel about that, we're makel even with one aid. One aid comes along, even if the person's not a proper aide, anybody comes along and says that he's dead, we generally believe them because of Iguna. So here the Mishnah tells us not only a regulator, even if she just heard women talking, you walk by and you said, Did you hear? Yankel died. That's good enough. He did, they weren't testifying. Uh, they weren't testifying in court. And they weren't coming to Mount. You just heard that he died. That's good enough. Even if you're from children, Tinokos, Omrim, we're going to uh, eulogize and bury this guy. They heard some kids talking. We're going to Yankel's Leviah. That's good enough. You can report, you can go and tell his wife that he's dead and she can get remarried. She's permitting him. Whether they had Kavana, whether they had intention to testify or not, kids aren't kosher, kids and women aren't kosher witnesses. Still, whether they come on or not, you can you can you can uh, uh, you can allow his wife to get remarried based on the Israel If it's a Jewish person, even though he has kavana, he has kavana to be ma to her. He's kavana to give to give testimony and say that the husband's dead. 
even if you had kavana or didn't have kavana, we'll see that even if you didn't have kavana, it's even better because then you stop talking. You stop masichlikitumo. If he had kavana to give testimony, we don't rely on that because you're afraid a guy might be trying to fool you. So if a guy comes and says, "Oh, I know your husband's dead," that's not good enough because uh, because uh, he might be trying to fool you. We don't rely on that. Says the Gemara on the first place. We're going to talk about the guy in a few minutes in more detail. But first, the Gemara says, "Children, you hear children talking going to a funeral. So what? They're going to a funeral. They, they didn't come from the funeral. They're going to a funeral. Maybe they got mixed up. They got the name, wrong name. But then lastly, maybe they're not going to a real. They, maybe they didn't go to the funeral at the end. Maybe they're just talking their way. But the guy wasn't really dead. Uh, they were, you know, they're saying, oh, we heard this guy was in an accident. Are you going to go to the funeral? He maybe he survived." They came in, they, they said they're coming from the funeral. It's one thing they said, we're going to the funeral. Maybe he didn't really die at the end. But they says over here, we're coming from the funeral. Then, you know, he's dead. Right? Maybe this is what happened. They're going to the funeral of Yankel. Kids play. You know, you ask your kid, well, what's the, what's the, what's the doll's name? They'll tell you the doll's name is uh, Dolly or Yankel or something, right? Kids make up names. Maybe the kids said, we're coming from the funeral of Yankel. Maybe Yankel was their toy or Yankel was a, was a grasshopper. They played with the grasshopper and they died. And they, so we're going to bury little Yankel, the grasshopper. How do you know that that was the person? Maybe they just used that person's name, Yankel Ben, ben Yankel Ben Ruvain. Uh, whatever they called it, they called the grasshopper by that name. How do you know the real Yankel Ben Ruben died? The Qumri came to Cain Rabban and Havos and said, these rabbis were at the funeral. We, we came from the funeral and these rabbis were there. Cain to Cain, Satani and these, the, these uh, eulogizers were there. So you could tell that, you know, the kids were just talking. They weren't giving aidus because they're not, they're not qualified to be witnesses, but that's good enough because, because of Iguna, the rabbis were makel and they said that you can get married based on that. But by a guy, a guy, a guy, the end of the mission said, Rabbi Yudmava said, if a guy had kavana, he said, anybody's believed, women, children, etc. Yudmava says, listen, by a Jew, yes, if he had kavana or not kavana to testify, you can rely on that. By a guy, if he had kavana to testify, it's no good. You don't accept that. That's only if the guy had kavana to be mad to this woman. Maybe the guy wanted to make the woman commit adultery so she shouldn't be able to stay married to her husband. She tells her, oh, your husband's dead. He died on the oil rig with us. We were on the oil rig. He fell off and he's dead. So maybe he's lying. So if you just coming to give testimony, he's not coming to be mouth. He's just coming to give testimony. Then they do some aidus. It is good testimony. That's what Yudah says. And how do we know? How do we know if he's coming to be, to allow her to get remarried or just to give testimony? If he says, listen, this guy's dead. You can marry off his wife now. Then he's coming out to her. If he says may stop, if he just says, I know this guy died, maybe he doesn't even know that the guy that the guy was married. If he just says, I know this guy's dead, that's a that's that's the scavenatus. And the beautiful said that if it's a scavenatus, that's okay. Even that's only the guy's not believed if he's coming to be match or the wife to get remarried. If he's coming to give testimony, a do says he could rely on his testimony. No. She wasn't in a story with Oshia Barabi. Oshia was a great, uh, great scholar. That he went to be matter, a woman in this case, uh, with, set, with 85 skenim, based on the testimony of a guy who said, this guy is dead. 
and he told them the railway is low hotter. And he said, that's only when, if he's discovered to be mater, that what, that you don't believe him. I'm going to scavenge the hater. There's no but he's coming just to say that the guy died. He's come on, it's not to, <coughs> to allow her to get remarried. Then uh, then it's okay. His aides is accepted. He went with his 85 scanning and the chacham were not motive him. They said, no, no, no. The guy is not believed no matter what, whether he's coming to be mater or whether he's just coming to give aides. Our mission says, by a guy, if he had kavana, then his then, then it's, it's is not aidus. Otherwise, if he didn't have kavana, it's good accepted. So how does it work out that you do accept the testimony of a guy? If you say that the guy's testimony is no good, not only if he's coming to be mater, but even if he's just coming to aidus, he doesn't even know that she's married. He's just coming to give a testimony. How do you know that? Um, the, uh, even then, you don't believe him. So where is he believed? If he's talking stam, he's talking stam. You know, he's unintentionally. He's just mentioning in past. They're having a drink, and he says, "Oh, you're that guy." He's that stam schmoozing. He's not coming to give testimony at all. Not to testify that he died. Not to say his wife got married. Just incidentally, you know, and innocently, he's just talking uh, without thinking. And he's believed. Yahoo, like a story. David Omar, Basel. Man, a uh, guy was talking, was going through town. He says, Manika Bechavay, is anybody here from the house of Chavay? Manika Bechavay, is anybody here from, from Chavay's house? Shachav boy, because I know there is, uh, is anybody here from his, uh, anybody here, uh, Chavay, is anybody here from Chavay's house? Anybody here from the, the Joneses? Anybody, the Joneses, because, you know, Mr. Jones uh, died. Then he's not coming to give testimony. He's not coming back. He's just, you know, reporting a story. People like to tell the news. So he says, you should know that I know that he died. Uh, so in a case like that, he's believed. Vin and his wife was allowed to get remarried. Vin Sabah and Yosef allowed his wife to get remarried based on that. Another story, man was walking around calling out, Vile le Prussia's Riza Davamnissa. Woe into the very the strong, you know, the very uh, good horseman who was in Pompadisa. It was a very you know, great, great horseman, a Gibor Chayel, a hero, you know, a, a strong horseman um, in Pompadisa. Woe unto him, the Shachav, I heard he, I, I saw that he died. This, this great horseman, this great rider uh, was, a, he was, he was a, you know, a valiant uh, uh, horseman, a, you know, warrior. Woe unto this guy, because he died. And the Insta Rabbi Yosef, either Rabbi Yosef or Rava, allowed his wife to get remarried based on that testimony of that guy, because the guy was not coming to your testimony. He was just saying, oh, woe unto this guy. Ah, his wife, you know, I know that he died. Another story, is there anybody here from the house of Chasa? Tava Chasa, is anybody here from Chasa's house? Because I want you to know that Chasa drowned. If he drowned, must be that the fish ate him. The fish must have eaten him. Um, from Rav Nachman's words, yeah, in other words, he like confirmed, the guy said, oh, Chasa drowned, Rav Nachman said, oh, the fish must have eaten him up. From his words, the Chasa, she went, instant she got remarried. And they didn't say anything to her. In other words, based on that, she got remarried, even though, what did we just say? Not the case before where the guy said, I know that he died. Here they said that he drowned, but he drowned in the open seas. And she got married based on that, even though in the open sea she's not allowed to. So this is we say that if it's open seas, 
his wife can't get remarried because maybe he washed ashore. It's only at first. But if she got married to, to a second husband based on that testimony that somebody said he drowned, you allow it because the odds are that he did drown. But, but, but she shouldn't get remarried until there's a body because it's possible that he washed up somewhere else. Economic, some say, that Rav Nachman not only, not that Rav Nachman reported, oh, he must have died and based on that, uh, his wife went and got remarried, even though she shouldn't have, because she should be married. But some say that Rav Nachman married off his wife. Amr Chasa he said, Chasa was a great man. He's, uh, he says he's a big, he's a great man. And Misa the Salik, if he would have gotten out of the water in the open seas, Kalisle would have heard about it from Milsa. But that's not the case that we said it on the Al. Whether he's a great man or not a great man, you don't assume that if he's a great man, we would have heard if he washed ashore. And since we didn't hear about it, he must be dead. You don't assume that. If a man drowned in the open seas, it's one thing if he was, he was uh, you know, knifed to death or fell into a pit of scorpions or fell into a, a pit that you could see all the size. But if he died, if he drowned in the open seas, you cannot assume that he's, that he, um, that he died, maybe he survived and his wife should not get remarried. However, if she did without asking, or in this case, maybe Rav Nachman thought that too, because he was a great man, but if she did get remarried, we don't force her out of the marriage unless of course the man comes home showing that he survived. However, here's a story slightly different. A guy tells the Jew, cut down some grass, some fodder, and give it to my animals, the shops on Shabbos. He told him to Shabbos. The guy took a gun to the Jew and he said, listen, cut down some grass, detach some grass, do a malach on Shabbos, and give it to my animals. If you don't, I'm going to kill you, like I killed that other Jew. I told that other Jew to cook for me some, cook for me on Shabbos, and he didn't. Because listen, I killed him. So now, here's the problem. The guy's not stop reporting. Oh, I heard this guy died. You know, they're having a drink. Oh, you heard your uncle, your uncle said, no. This guy tells the Jew number one, I want you to Michal Shabbos and cut some grass for my animals. And if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you like I killed number two, another Jew who I asked him to cook for me on Shabbos and refuse, and I killed him. I'll kill you the same way. Shama Devisu, the wife of number one, just heard this, uh, uh, not, not the wife of number one, the wife of number two, who hurt her, it's number two. He says, I'm going to kill you like I killed number two. So Shema Dvisu, the wife of number two, heard about it, right? That he says he killed. But also came for a baye, and she said, listen, can I get remarried based on that? The guy said it. He wasn't giving testimony, but he was doing it as a threat. You know, he was telling number one, if you don't, if you're not Shabbos, I'm going to kill you like I killed number two. Maybe it was just, he didn't really kill number two. He just was trying to threaten number one. It's not like he's reporting they're having a drink and he says, oh, I heard this guy uh, was killed or I saw him die or I saw him drown. No, here he said, I'm going to kill you like I killed number two. Can number two's wife get remarried based on that? So she came before by this question, Shahisa Tlosa Wrigley. He kept her waiting for three regolim. Rashi says, you know, because three regolim at the regolim time is the time when everybody comes to learn Torah together or it's a time three regolim. Rashi could also be three yard sites because a yard site of a great man People come and they learn Torah, Le'ilu Nishmaso. Anyway, he waited for at least three regalim, at least three holidays, because maybe one of the rabbis would, would be able to pass him for him, but by himself didn't have an answer to this question. 
because we know that a guy is believed Masih would be Tumo, he's not believed if he's giving testimony, but over here he's believed, would you believe him when he when the when the report was basically a threat? Maybe he was just trying to uh, you know threaten the guy, but he didn't really kill number two. Amalur Abada Barava says, Zil come on ask of Yosef the Kharvsik, and he's got a sharp knife. Now he's a real smart man. Ask him the Shiloh. He told the, the wife, number two, he asked him the Shiloh. Ozla, can I she went for him, Pashat? And he decided the issue from this case. Let's say a guy was selling fruits for shook in the market. He's trying to be uh, to be Meshabeach. He's trying to praise the fruits and say how these are superior fruits. They're from the first three years. The Arla, from the Arla, the first three years of a tree, the, the, it's Arla, you're not allowed to eat it, but he says they're really good, they're fresh, you know, they're, it's, a, it's a young tree, very strong, vibrant tree, these are good fruits, and he's saying they're Arla, and Shalazika, or they're from Azika. Azika, is, uh, first Rosh says it's a, it's a guarded field, but he doesn't like the Pshad, he's talking about Shemitah, but he says Azika was a place in Eretz, he prefers to say the Pshad is that Azika was a place in Eretz Israel, and, and they had very good fruits there. And he's trying to say these fruits are from, from Azika. Now, if they're, he was in Chutzlaretz apparently, this guy was in Chutzlaretz in Babel, and a Babel, you don't have to take too much amaisus on your fruits, but in Eretz Yisrael you do. So he's saying they're from the great town in Eretz Yisrael, but they have great fruits. So do you have to be concerned if they're from Eretz Yisrael, maybe you have to take too much amaisus. If it's Arla, you're not allowed to eat it at all. Or Shalmetarabai also, you have to take it to slime to eat. Uh, and the guy said that, you don't have to believe anything that he said. They're not, uh, they're not Arla, they're not from Azika, you know, they're not Arla, not Tervai, he's just trying to say they're great, they're choice fruits. That's all he's trying to do. So when a guy says something, you can't take him at his word. The same thing over here, you can't take him at his word that, that, the, uh, that number two was killed. Your husband went overseas or went on a long trip. The fact that he didn't come back yet doesn't mean that he's dead. And this guy who said, to number one, I'm going to kill you like I killed number two is, is meaningless. He's just trying to scare the guy and say, I killed number two, but you can't rely on that. Abiyudin each side, and Abiyudin from that place in Tzayda, and Umar Maisi, we saw the story of the Yisrael about but they were on the road. A guy and a Jew were on the road. Ubavu Kavim and the Kavim said, Umar Chaval Yehudi, ah, a shame, it's a shame for this Jew. Shoyim Yudarech, he was with me on the road. Shemais, he died, but Derech, he died on the road. And I buried him. Vesiu Ishto. And they married off his wife, meaning this is a case where the guy was not trying to threaten him by saying, I killed the other guy. You know, he didn't really kill the other guy. He's just talking. He's walking on the road. He said, oh, this is the spot where I buried the Yankel. His wife can get remarried based on that because he's, he's not giving testimony. He's just mentioning it in passing. There's a story with a uh, like a, a group of, of Jews. They were going to Antioch. It's a group. Polar is like a group, but usually it's like a a chain gang, you know, like they were chained together, they were in captivity, they were in a guy came and said, oh, a shame for that group of uh, Jews, Shemesu, they died, the Kabartim, we buried them all here. They see us in Shasem, all their wives were allowed to get remarried based on that testimony, because again, the, the guy was just speaking, he was just talking incidentally in passing, he wasn't giving testimony or trying to threaten somebody with that. Another story, 60 men they were going to the siege of Beta when Beta was under siege of And a guy came and said, Oh, a shame. It's a woe unto those 60 people. They were going on the road to Beta. They died. The Kabartum, and we buried them. They see us the same, and they married off the women. So, what do you see over here? That you believe the testimony of a woman, even if a child who said he came from the funeral of Yankel Ben Rubain, you can rely on that to marry off Yankel's wife. 
even on the testimony of a guy, if it's not testimony, if a guy, if he's just mentioning it in passing, and in the annals of the Jewish history, uh, they believe, great rabbis believed, even a, a story was, he passed by, there was a guy there in a shank in a, in a bar, and he said that this guy died on the road, and they allowed the wife to get remarried because there was no way to, to find him. Today, unless it's a war or something like that, it's very hard to, there's Masarov Gittin and people like that who disappear on purpose, but uh, it's very hard for a person to get lost totally in this world. But there are cases, and then you have to pass them. Or cases like Rahman we have with 9-11, where the bodies were not uh, necessarily found. It took them years to uh, to uh, sift through and get all the uh, DNA, et cetera. Me'in Laura Nair. Now, because we're Makel, and we said, uh, we're, we, you know, you can give testimony as long as you saw the face uh, or some other clear uh, signs. If he had a simon muvuk, a distinct sign, like he had a particular scar on the bottom of his foot or something of that sort, um, and you know that it was him, fine. You can even give testimony to Oranair. You know, saw him only at night, only with a torch, or by the light of the moon. You heard somebody say that uh, this guy died. But there was a basco, a voice, a heavenly voice came and said, this guy died. So who, where did he go? Man was standing on the top of Mount Bomber. Ish ploni ben ploni, mimokum ploni mace. Yankel ben Ruvain from that town, from uh, whatever died. They went to that mountaintop and they didn't find anybody. They see us, they married his wife based on, listen to this, not even a person. They, we can't even find a person. You heard a, you heard a voice say that this guy died. But we don't want the woman to be at Iguna. They were martyred her to get remarried based on that. But Shubmai said that Salmon, there's a story in Salmon in that place. I am Yankel Ben Ruben. I've been bitten by a snake and I'm dying. I'm dying. And they went. They didn't recognize him. Maybe because the venom of the snake uh, uh, made him be Mishanat Surah and they couldn't recognize him. They couldn't recognize him anymore. Maybe he changed or whatever after death or the whatever happened. They didn't recognize him. They married off his wife based on the fact that he identified himself as he was dying. So you see how far the rabbis went to be matra, a woman that she shouldn't fall, that she shouldn't be in a guna. Amar Abba Rishmuel. Tana Beishamay says, you can't listen to Basco. You have to have a person over here. You can't just say based on a voice. Basco. do. You know, Mike Mashmulan, Mastisani. It's a Mishnah. We know Mishnah said that you can believe it a Basco. What do you think? Basil says yes. Bishama says no. We know we go like Basil. Our Mishnah said that. If you find the Stam Mishnah or Stam Braisa that says Amasian, that, that says you don't marry off a woman based on a Basco, Bishama is Bishama. You should know it's Bishama Shita because our Mishnah is Basil. And we pass them, we sold. Bochum Matsu, Vildum Shade Havi. How do you know it was a person at all who reported that? A Basco just means. Shamu called so echoes plony mace from over other mitzamli. You didn't see a person there. You didn't see a person. You didn't see a person's shape at, at all. You just heard the voice. So it's not necessarily a voice from heaven. So somebody yelled out. You heard somebody scream out. Based on that alone, you don't even know who it was. You you allowed to get married. Maybe it was a shade. Maybe it was a demon, and it was just trying to cheat us. And uh, you can't believe a demon. Um, you looked like he had the shape of a person. Uh, they also look like people. The Chazal you saw him in his in his uh, shadow, like in his shadow. The they also have a shadow. The Chazal the you saw the shadow of a shadow. It's like the shadow through another shadow. 
Maybe they also have a shadow of a shadow. who was a shay, told me, they have a shadow, they cast a shadow, but, they, but their own their shadow does not cast another shadow. That is the characteristic of a demon. So therefore you saw him, you saw the shadow of a shadow, so you know it was a person. The Okay, right. Maybe so you it wasn't the shade because you saw the shadow of its shadow. But maybe the woman, maybe the person reporting this death was a tsara. We said before, a tsara co-wife is not believed. When we're in a tape of where a person is in danger, his life is in danger, like somebody who was in a bore. And he says, whoever, you know, whoever heard, whoever can hear me, write again to my wife, you write again, and you, you rely on that. Show me, even though we don't know that it's really that person. He says, I am Yanko Ben Rubain. Uh, divorce my wife, you know, uh, uh, Leia Bas uh, Rivka, whatever, divorce my wife. We rely on that. Here also, it's like a dangerous time because uh, if you're not going to believe uh, this person, the woman will be in a guna. So here, you're right. It's possible that it is a tzara, but wife is not normally believed. You write again. If a person fell into board and says, I'm dying over here, write again for my wife. You believe him even though you don't know that it's him. He's just identifying this by his name, but we can't uh, we can't see him. We don't know for sure that it's him because it's like, we don't know to be any guna. The same thing over here. It's possible it's a tzara, but we don't want we don't want to assume that it's a tzara because then she'll be any guna. So because of iguna, the rabbis were mako. All right, tomorrow Mitzvah will pick it up from this Mishnah, the second of three Mishnahis on this daf, and Mitzvah will make a scene tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get a chance to at least learn the beginning of Subas. Have a good day, everybody. Be well.